0: to the very first episode of the Cosmic Cafe here at TheCosmicCircus.com. On this show we're going to be talking to different people in fandoms about how they got into said fandom and how that fandom, usually a nostalgic fandom, affected how they are a fan of things today. I just said fan a bunch of times, deal with it. Anyway, so for this episode, we had a great conversation with Thomas Carter Rochester. Now, if you haven't seen him around, he does a lot of Marvel and Star Wars stuff. He is an actor, voice actor, and podcaster, and one of his podcasts is called Reckless Rebellion, and it is a Star Wars podcast. So if you like this episode, you should definitely check that out. But without further ado, here is our awesome conversation. Hope you
1: enjoy it.
2: So thank you so much for coming and joining us today.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure talking to you, Julia.
2: Oh, thank you. So we are talking Star Wars. Um, All the things about Star Wars, or not all the things about Star Wars. We're really talking about the um, original six movies. So the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. Um, so, episodes one through six, because that's what's nostalgic for you, and we are talking about your nostalgia for the series, how it shaped your fandom, all that mm-hmm. stuff, all the stuff we talk about here uh, at the Cosmic Cafe. So, yeah, let's get into it. How did you first become a fan of Star Wars?
1: Uh, in uh, 1997, I believe, when Blockbuster still existed, my dad, uh, I believe, took me to see Jurassic Park The Lost World, and we saw a poster for The Phantom Menace, and he's like, Oh my god, Star Wars movie. And I was like, What is Star Wars? And he goes, Oh, I haven't shown you Star Wars. I'm a failure as a father. He didn't say that, but he should have. <laughs> and then he showed me Star Wars like in a weekend. And I think I watched four, five, and six, the original theatrical cuts, like th- twice in the weekend. And we from that point forward, I, I was just hooked. And two years later, Phantom Menace came out. I was nine years old and i'd already done you know like fighting stuff so i grabbed every stick in the world and it became a lightsaber from that day forward um and then that actually shaped like my that's what hooked me in filmmaking because i would watch the behind the scenes and he would tell me the stories about how they invented all of these techniques in filmmaking which um i'm also an actor so like that is where i started getting all of my love it really all started from star wars because of I also found Spider-Man right after that led to Marvel and Marvel and Star Wars have a lot in common. I knew about Batman from when I was a child. And so it all just kind of coalesced, built up. And then, you know, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, I always thought Star Wars was going to be done. And they've made a lot of Star Wars. And I assure you, I ingest all the Star Wars books, comics, games, TVs, uh, movies and everything else that may or may not come out Um so that's my very not short version of how I got into Star Wars. It started with, uh, like like a lot of things inside of the universe of Star Wars, it started with my father.
2: Good. Um, So what about Star Wars grabbed you at first? Like, what was the first thing?
1: Laser swords are always pretty cool. Uh, You know, every little kid likes a sword, but a laser sword blew my mind. All I could think, because I've always been um, scientific, based in thought because of schooling and i'm just like hmm how would you make a lightsaber well if you had like a plasma cannon you have to cap it off somehow so then i started doing way uh more existential thoughts at seven years old about how to design a lightsaber than should be done but it was you know the technology of it you know fascinated me but the force and the power of the force and that it's like this energy field that surrounds you and guides you and can let you glean information from other people with you know casual looks and it kind of is about the energy to me I always looked at as the energy between all living beings because that's what they said in the first movie. But like you can take that as an empathic human being and you can feel the energy of others in a crowd and be like, well this person kind of wants this this person is kind of wanting this and you can kind of help everybody do their thing or you know manipulate them and be a dark side user. But you know balance.
2: So when you went to Phantom Menace, I assumed you, you saw that in theaters, right, you said? Or did you say I,
1: that? I did, yes. It was...
2: Yeah, so you've seen all of them in theaters since. Let's just get that. that. Is that true?
1: That is very true. Phantom Menace okay. was my first theater experience.
2: So what did you think? Like, it was... I mean, obviously, you had, you'd only been a Star Wars fan for, I think, two years at that point, right? So oh. it would have been, like... You wouldn't have, like, that much nostalgia for it. Like, maybe your father would have. But, like, what did you think? What was your experience with that? Because, like, was that, like... Was there like the crowds like you hear about now at like the different Star Wars and Marvel ones and all the event movies or like, what was mm. it like?
1: Uh, no, because uh, my dad would not acquiesce to my begging and pestering to go in like the opening time. He's like, no, trust me, you don't want to deal with those crowds. And I was like, I just want to see the movie. But so I think we went uh, two weeks later, maybe something like that, because, you know, I'm nine. I'm, I didn't have a car. It was really rude. Yeah. But, you know, uh, we we went and I loved it. Uh, I love Jar Jar Binks because I was nine and I'm I love dumb comedy. Uh, It's always been a top notch level of my comedic takes with Jim Carrey and the such of my early childhood. Um, And I personally just fell in love with Darth Maul, the whole double bladed lightsaber. I love both staffs Um, and I was gripped by it. And I was like, wow, so midichlorians what are midichlorians? Is that like atoms and DNA? And like, cause atoms have space in between them. And my dad is like, what are you talking about, son? And I was like, just physics, dad. Uh, I was gripped by everything in that movie. And the thing that really stood out to me uh, was Natalie Portman. <laughs> you could tell that she was just a powerhouse of an actress and entertainer, even with the bland dialogue. And it really comes to like that ending sequence. She's really timid and then when she stands up at the end and is like well i'm actually the queen and you know kneels before the gungans and stuff and it's like Misa like this uh i hope i made someone angry by quoting the gungans there <laughs>
2: <laughs> so yeah um, um i take it you're a science kid then or you were definitely a science kid if you're talking about like atoms and physics at like eight or nine years old
1: Yes, very, was always big into science and math. And I ended up with a civil engineering degree just because I love math a lot.
2: That's so different from what you're doing now. Um, Can we just talk about that for a sec? Like, how did you switch from like civil engineering to like acting, directing and such? Like, what made you decide to do that?
1: You know, um, the the short answer is I went on a year walkabout I call, it a, I call it my walkabout. I was really drinking heavily because of Kobe's depression. My grandma died a week after I graduated college. I already knew I wasn't into civil engineering. I was just doing it because I was good at it. And I, in my head, college was always my plan B. And I was like, I'll figure out what I want to do while I'm at college. And then I graduated. I was like, well, I don't know what I want to do. So I went on a year of like figuring out life. And then at the end of 2015, The Force Awakens came out, actually, and it re gripped me back into like a whole different level of obsession in Star Wars to where I went and watched all seven, all six seasons at the time of the Clone Wars that they'd put out and got a Sith tattoo on my ribs like a week later just to have the emblems. Uh and I decided, you know what? I've always loved this. Star Wars is what brought me in. So why not just I'm not going to be happy doing civil engineering? My grandma would have wanted me to at least swing for the fences. So why not jump into the deep end like the crazy kid I've always been? And uh kind of I've looked back going, huh? Wow, I did that with such vigor <laughs> that it's so surprising. Um, and it's a vastly different part of my brain having to be used from engineering and science and tactical to uh abstract and creative and stuff but every now and then they cross over in those existential moments like the force and star wars
2: so star wars kind of brings all your loves of things in life together
1: it kind (laughs) of really really does
2: (laughs) um yeah um so that's like that's cool that's like a really good story um wow um, I also did want to ask, um, so with that, did you view Star Wars differently when you were older than when you were younger at all? Um, did it change, especially with like the culture surrounding it changing?
1: It did. Um, I grew, I was, the, the prequel movies were made for me cause I was a child at the time and I got older and angsty with Anakin. Um, and at, was I 13? I was 13 when Revenge of the Sith came out. So It came out, and I'm like, "Yeah, it's great." And but even then, I was already a film, quote unquote, film critic. I watched enough movies to know what like I wanted from Vader's delivery of those lines, and it wasn't what I wanted. But I was like, "You know what? It is what it is." Um, And as I've gotten older, I will like you know about that time is when the internet culture really was hating on the prequels. Everyone hated the prequels. I definitely hold the prequels at a lower tier of of success i would say than the original trilogy there are certain things that are clunky there are certain things that are just aren't done right uh you know and they keep pushing the technology forward um but it doesn't have that same close heart and to be fair it's meant to rip your heart out that whole prequel trilogy so it does the job Um, And as I've gotten older and gone back and rewatched it, you know, I used to love Jar Jar Binks. I do not like Jar Jar Binks. He's very annoying to me. Uh, And I think that's why I liked him when I was younger. Cause I was like, Oh my God, look, it's me. Me said Jar Jar Binks. Um, I
0: probably would have
2: stand too. When I was younger, I didn't see these movies. Okay. I didn't see the prequel trilogy till late 2020, early 2021. It was around new year's Eve. So I didn't see, and I didn't see the original ones until like, I don't think I watched the original ones in full till 2015 when The Force Awakens was coming out. Like, this was saying, like, I think because I was turned off by how I heard about, like, the fans were very toxic and complaining and everything, and it just didn't seem like as good a time. Because um, when I was a kid, I always wanted to watch Star Wars. I guess my, I don't know, maybe my parents thought it would be too scary for me. I don't know. But I'd seen other stuff that was scary, so maybe not. I don't know. I always wanted to watch it. And then when I got older, I'm glad I finally watched it when I was, the original trilogy, at least when I was 19. Um, but yeah, I saw the whole sequel trilogy prior to the prequel trilogy. So,
1: yeah, um, uh, I'm intrigued. How did that color your experience on the prequels?
2: Well, I knew what happened in the prequels, so it wasn't like a surprise. Well, I knew most of the beats. I didn't know every single thing, um, mm. so it wasn't like a surprise. But yeah, um, I don't know how it really colored it. Um, I just like, I guess I liked some things and I didn't like some things. I it, They felt very dated, especially Phantom Menace mm-hmm. and to lesser extent, of the clones. Revenge of the Sith, I thought was pretty good. Um, But, yeah, it felt like Phantom Menace was very much for, like, kids, so it made sense why you loved it back then, Mm -hmm. especially because, like, the main character was, like, a little kid, so that makes sense, and then, like, the other ones, like, kind of grew up, so, like, it definitely grew up with a certain generation, like, I think, I don't know, I I was maybe a little young for it to see it in theaters, like, I was three when Phantom Menace came out. And mm-hmm. Elmo and Grouchland scared me in theaters that year. So maybe I wasn't ready for that yet. Uh, <laughs> I actually, I think I was two because if it came out in May, right? I wouldn't have been three years old yet. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I wouldn't have quite been three yet. So I was two when Phantom Menace came out. And I didn't see movie until I was three when I saw Elmo and Grouchland. So I was definitely um, too young for that. But then I think, I, I mean, I remember some people at school seeing, like, Revenge of the Sith and stuff. I remember seeing ads for that specifically. But I hadn't seen the other ones, so I didn't really, like, want to see it till I saw the other ones and then like I never, it just became a whole thing I mean like I always like the robot chicken Star Wars stuff so it was like I just kind of saw it in a weird order Star Wars I guess I saw all the Disney financed I guess ones in theaters um although I saw most of the time opening weekend I saw Solo like a month late but other than that I saw all the ones in um opening weekend I think so I got to be in the crowd for that so I liked especially for Force Awakens I liked seeing how like the crowd reacted to it like it was fun to be a part of that Um, in a way i wish i was kind of more of a part of it and that's why i think that's why i like dove more into like the marvel stuff so i could like be more of a part of it deeply um and feel those like that adrenaline and stuff like you know you know the community feeling in theaters everyone's like nostalgic for during the pandemic and then it was like then spider-man happened and a lot of people got it again which is great um but yeah like star wars has kind of been like this thing that's there and like sometimes i'll be excited for it and go see it, but like it's never been like my number one thing so yeah i just find it fascinating how like the fans act about it and stuff because it's like um i know people who act like that about other things and like i feel that way about other things but like yeah like star wars kind of is like almost like the poster child for fandom in a lot of ways both good and bad that was yes. rambling. Really sorry.
1: <laughs> no that's great because i did want to talk about you know the the culture of fandom and how as i've gotten older i now look at the fandom in a totally different way than i did say when i was you know 13 14 15 even prior to the force awakens and last jedi and all that stuff coming out it's changed entirely um growing up i just didn't understand why people hated them like hated the prequels and i knew it was a specific sect of people it was you know I grew up with Star Wars and this ruined Star Wars and ruined. There's nothing in here that's the same. And then um, and a lot of it is because they had expectations of Star Wars already um, that these movies, what they might be, the fall of Anakin Skywalker. So when it didn't live up to their expectations and it didn't tie into the books that they wanted to, and I'm talking strictly the prequels, they were upset. And they had grown out of the age that Star Wars is made for. It's all supposed to be an allegory for, you know, good and evil and all of that stuff, like all heroes journeys are. But when the sequel trilogy came out, I was now of the age where, oh, my God, I never thought we'd get another Star Wars. This is this must be what it felt like going into the Phantom Menace when it was announced for the people who grew up with Star Wars, never expecting another one to come back. Um, and I was so excited and we go in and the force awakens, I just did a whole rewatch of the sequel trilogy. The force awakens is a lot better than I give it credit for my biggest gripe is that I can pull out, Oh, they wanted this character. Oh, this is that character from the original trilogy. Oh, this is that character and like how they all come together. Um, but the, the movie is filled with so much hope. It sets up things so great. Uh, and then it, you know, Last Jedi came out personally, my favorite of the sequel trilogy and everybody that hates on it. I kind of get it, but I think that they're missing the whole point of the movie. They think that, you know, kill the past, let the past die, kill it if you have to. They think a lot of people think that's the moral of the movie. The moral is that failure is the greatest lesson of all. Hence why they have a whole arc of everything going wrong and then you get to the end and you fail. And then at the end of the day, you're still alive and can take that to the future. To the rise of skywalker where i am like a little bit on the down i don't like to- rise of skywalker it has great moments but it's like the amazing spider-man too there's a lot of stuff that just does not work um and i have watched like pulling you know back a- expanding from the in you know my personal feelings of it and looking at how everyone else feels uh The sequel trilogy did not live up to what I wanted it to do in story, mostly in the last movie. I think Force Awakens and Last Jedi sets up a great story that could have been was going to lead you somewhere great in the ninth uh, episode. And then they reacted to fans instead of telling the best story, I think. Um, And and I say that having just rewatched the movie because Rose Tico gets written out. Finn does have a great arc, but it's only done great because I think John Boyega comes in with such vigor and fire and power. And well, he comes in with the force, if you will, in that movie. And it's it's got great character beats and stories, but there are certain things that you can tell they just did because, oh, well, they didn't seem to like this thing over here. So let's just keep pushing the stuff they did like.
2: See, this is a problem I have with, I guess, franchise movies in general lately and sometimes i will say some things they do that fans want that i like and i'm happy but like a lot of the time i get annoyed lately it feels like the fans are writing things and sometimes that can be a good thing like a lot of no way home i thought was really good like the spider-man movie um for the two of you or anyone listening who doesn't know what that is yes no way home is a spider-man movie i'm sure we all know this um but again, I felt that there were even in that movie, there were moments I'm like, they're they're trying to respond too much to fans. Even like the whole Marvel Spider-Man trilogy is kind of doing it, but like like the MCU one, but especially No Way Home. It's like it's kind of annoying. It feels like you can see when they're writing stuff in response to fans, um, and fan concerns and fan gripes. And like again, yeah, that was definitely Rise of Skywalker. Um mm-hmm. and yeah, and like shows that like like um like shows that all the time. Like I watched Glee when I was a kid or teen, I should say, and that was, they did that a lot on there, and I mean, I thought it was funny sometimes, but, like, again, you know, I don't know, it's just, like, write the story, like, you don't need to be meta all the time, you don't need to directly respond to fans, like, that, um, let your art speak for itself, tell the story you're telling, um, again, there's exceptions, like, if something, like, wasn't, like, something was, like, morally wrong, or, like, inappropriate, or, like, offensive, Mm. like, genuinely offensive, like, yeah, yeah, maybe kind of do something there, but, like, I don't think anything in the seconds like in the not rise of sky um last jedi was like offensive that needed to be dealt with but people acted like it was cuz they were they acted like it was offending their childhood or whatever which that's a different thing than being actually like offensive to something you know what I mean
0: mm-hmm.
2: um yes. but yeah so like I feel like this is becoming too much of a thing I think with um things and even like Marvel's falling into that trap like I said a little bit and like a lot of things are and it's just you know I'm just getting annoyed by it. It feels like it's fan entitlement and it's just doing this over and over is going to feed more into it, I think.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And in a way, you know, in a way we, as the fans should feel a little entitled since we are paying their bills. Well, yeah, that money, but at the same it's time <laughs> you can't control art the same way you can control like an actual business i mean we can't even control our government in this world it seems with you know no. we technically pay their bills and all but yeah they don't listen to us so it's like oh, what a star wars like reality that is by the way <laughs> yeah um uh and, and so it's like you know it'll be okay i think in the long run you know like with marvel i do enjoy that kevin feige is like, well, I'm going to do this, and you can do this, and if it works, great. If it doesn't, I'll make it better in the future.
2: Yeah, and I like that.
1: And I feel like we are at the stage in Star Wars now with you know the shows on Disney+, Plus that Favreau and Filoni are going to do that. I mean, they have already done it for a lot of people, being like, oh, who's Ahsoka Tano? I'm going to go watch The Clone Wars. And I'm like, yes, everything is proceeding as I have foreseen it. Uh, and then... It's, it's giving extra depth right now uh, in the Book of Boba Fett to the underworld and the machinations of that post-Empire. Uh, and I just found out recently that there's a bunch of bounty hunters, uh, the entire Bounty Hunters Guild, because I've not looked into the end of the war. I've just watched the films, um, and I'm diving. I'm picking my way through the books and all the canon stuff. that uh, The Bounty hunters, hunters Guild ended up siding with the Rebellion, Because they were willing to pay the highest fee at the end of the day, and that's how they helped take down the Empire. I want, like, especially after uh, the the end of the Death Star Number Two, um, and that year gap between that and the Battle of Jakku, which officially ended, quote unquote, the Empire. Yeah, and I almost went on a Thrawn tangent because I love Grand Admiral Thrawn. He might be my favorite Star Wars character. I have an hour left of his latest book, and I'm so excited to listen to it when we get off here. But I won't go into a book tangent. (laughs) Um, My my favorite thing about The Force is how, and this is like a personal thing as time has gone on, because... As I've grown, I've always looked at Star Wars and film as it is allegory. It's meant to teach us a lesson, like all art and story and hero's journeys. And as the years have gone on and I've had more life experience, little lessons that I picked up on uh, have have kind of been colored. You know, it's first said that the force is an energy field created by all living things and it surrounds us and penetrates us. It binds the galaxy together. Then we live Later, here's midichlorians and the nature of the force is always to just exist and it's about balance life and unfortunately death because you cannot have you know life without death unless of course you're like i don't know palpatine because somehow he came back but i dig i digress we (laughs) the the force visions that people have and that Anakin have, have always inspired or fascinated me simply because I have had prophetic dreams for most of my life. Um, they don't always line. Like I had a dream at 15 that when I was 21, I turned around drunk in front of where I was living at college and went, Oh my God, this, these are the three buildings from that dream. When I was 15. Wow. And my friends were like, what are you talking about? And I was like, It's come true. You're like, dude, you look at these buildings every day. I was like, yeah, but I'm drunk. So I see the truth now. And it was like, oh, I've had those visions. And it was entirely hard to understand and predict where that would have gone. And then I've had other dreams that are like not as good of, you know, family dying and stuff like that. I am the product of um, a, a vision, if you will. I wouldn't say a product of a vision, but when uh my grandmother on my father's side died it was right technically it was like nine months and four days before i was born um the my my cousin had a dream that someone in our family was just pregnant with a boy and like two days later my mom found out she was pregnant with me and told everyone so that's been like a thing that's been in my family you know um it's, it's strong in my family. It's There's stories in my family going back to different generations of having what they've always called the gift. So the idea of the Force has always been interesting to me um, because I think that there's so much to reality that we can't understand. And the Force, if I want to get back to science of it all, I could explain the Force as existing now as just radiation seeping in from stars across the universe. Um, and that was my weird tangent of trying to write the force in the canon of our universe. Thank you for coming to my Ted talk.
2: <laughs> wow. wow. Um, how long have you been part of the online world of Star Wars? Was it just after the 2015 movie came out or did you do it when you were a kid slash teen at all?
1: I would, I think I really dove in, um, after... Oh when did oh that's a tough question. I I dove in to wanting to know everything and wanting to like be ready and help spread the lore of Star Wars to friends. Um probably I would say when they announced Star Wars was going to come back out I wanted to learn like I went and researched all some of the books, some of the characters that might pop up um just to have like an idea. Uh and then but it it did start See, it came out in 05 I probably started around fifteen, really getting in and learning what the culture online was like. Um, but so I, yeah, I you were younger then. Life.
2: But then, when you um, then you got into it, actually, when you were older, the culture.
1: Yeah, I would say I was like knee level in the water of the internet culture, and then in twenty fifteen, I was like seventy thousand leagues under the sea.
2: All right. So, but you took a break in between. You said right, essentially
1: yeah i focused more on the marvel because they had stuff coming out
2: but right, this was when marvel was doing like was this when marvel was doing like the starting the cinematic universe or was this still the x-men fantastic four era
1: when they were starting the cinematic universe right at the okay, end so of you were there
2: since the beginning um so for mm-hmm. that one that's cool so that was different did you notice a difference between when you were in it back way back when and in it more like closer to the modern day i know 2015 was seven years ago now it's hard to believe but yeah <laughs> You know what I there's,
1: mean? Yeah, there's a huge difference because back then uh there wasn't this like there wasn't this weird obsession to spoil everything and have all these leaks and rumors coming out. It was like I mean, in granted I think it was also some of the filmmakers involved at the time. Um when it came to Marvel, we just didn't know what was going to happen cuz they didn't really know what was going to happen. Now we don't know what's going to happen because they don't want us to know what's going to happen. Star Wars, though, uh, when it came to the sequel trilogy, we kind of had an idea of what they could do. And then when The Force Awakens started, that is when theories went rampant. And I think that's when I really want to say Force Awakens is when the Star Wars community exploded into a new level cuz now you had 3 to 5 generations online that are Star Wars fans. Um and and not everybody agreed. And so there was a lot of infighting for sure. And there still is a lot of infighting. There's a lot of angry Star Wars fans out there and I know I come off like an angry Star Wars fan, but I still love it all. Does the
2: culture, did you notice another cultural shift? um when the shows on disney plus start, like when mandalorian started and now we're getting book of boba fett although we haven't gotten a lot of the shows yet i know we're getting a couple more this year and next year and like you know more of those shows are starting to roll out is the culture changing again now would you say
1: and it how so? Is. so uh it definitely is changing and how so is that after last jedi everyone loves star wars everyone loved what was disney was doing everyone is an absolute I should not use an absolute only sis deals an absolute a lot of people most were really a fan of what they did in force awakens the gripe was it's too much like a new hope but I like what they set up and there's a lot of potential to just continue on from there then it was a strong 50 50 split after last jedi uh everybody I think it's like a 10 percent of fans love solo uh, a star wars story which I'll agree. Bottom tier Star Wars, absolutely still love it because it's Star Wars. Um, and then when the what rise of Skywalker, Rogue one?
2: what about Rogue One? Sorry, oh, R-
1: Rogue One is easily my top, my top movie. Yeah, Star a lot Wars. of people
2: I remember love that one.
1: It's sorry, it's my favorite just because one? I can rewatch it at any point and not have to worry about the Skywalker's of it all. Um, but then what is that? After- uh, well, in Rogue One, you only have Vader for two scenes, which were both a surprise, uh, and then you have Leia at the very end, which was also a big surprise. So, no, I mean, why are you is, worried
2: about the Skywalker's of it all? What was that? Why is that a bad thing for you?
1: Oh, because then I will feel like one hundred percent, like I'm obligated to watch the entire saga. That's that's what, yeah. Oh, you, okay, yeah. So
2: Rogue One feels more like its own thing, and you don't like, yeah. need to watch everything.
1: Exactly. I get everything I've always wanted in a Star Wars movie in that, which is the -the on-the-ground war movie of Star Wars on the Scarif battle. Uh, And it gives me that spy stuff in the beginning, which I didn't know I wanted, but I was really happy we got, because I always wondered, I was like, man, like, the Rebels, like, aren't these, like, great guys? It's war. War creates monsters on both sides, as we saw in the Clone Wars. But then, uh, so the culture... You know, everybody after Rogue One, everybody was really hailing everybody because uh hailing Disney and the praise, singing their praises, they can do no wrong. And then Last Jedi came out and they said they can only do wrong. Rise of Skywalker. I love Rise of Skywalker. Again, it's Star Wars is a lot of hope. Uh It's my least favorite of the sequel trilogy. And after that movie, it was like fire, Kathleen Kennedy, blah, 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 which felt like dudes more than anything, because that's. Usually, what happens on the internet, in my opinion, then yeah. Uh, okay, so I noticed like, I something. I noticed something about Absolutely.
2: that. Absolutely. Okay. So I noticed something about that, like when I mean. The Kathleen Kennedy thing, people have been saying it for like a while. I remember it being like after Last Jedi, they need to fire her or whatever. I noticed after like, you know, a lot of dudes who go after a woman after one failure and they or like one thing that was less good and they act like they never did anything good. Um, example being Patty Jenkins after Wonder Woman 1984, like everyone praised the first Wonder Woman like to the high heavens. And then the second one, it's like, hey, we got to get rid of her now, even though there were other people who like did the story with her and stuff. And there was it was like a team kind of she was the director, but there was also other stuff going on there. Um, so I yeah again I just noticed that a lot and now it's like um, I don't know it's just yeah so they're doing the same with Kathleen Kennedy now even though like at worst it's been a mixed bag from her right in terms of just overall perception because she did like um Lost Jedi to have a mixed response and then Solo and Rise of Skywalker which didn't get as much um uh positive feedback but then she did like she did Force Awakens she did Rogue One or like she was produced she's producer of these movies she did not direct these for those who don't know Mm -hmm. Um, and then she was she's overseeing like Star Wars when Mandalorians happening, and all these other shows which will hopefully be good. I heard the Bad Batch was good. I don't know.
1: Yes, the Bad Batch okay. is very good.
2: Okay, so yeah, she's um, she, and she oversees the animated Star Wars too, right? I don't know. She,
1: yeah, she oversees all of Lucasfilm. So that's okay, so Star that means Indiana and Jones indie. and some
2: other stuff. And I know they're the ones who started Pixar, but they're not that anymore. But yeah, I just know they. And they made a movie called Strange Magic, which is like this animated thing. But yeah, that's mm-hmm. what, yeah, Lucasfilm is mostly known for Star Wars. But yeah, yeah. So basically she's in charge of Star Wars. Okay. Um, Sorry, back to what you were saying. I just wanted to make that point.
1: <laughs> so the, the with the shows, the culture changed again. And it, I mean, there's still a lot of people out there saying Fire Kathleen Kennedy. That didn't change. That's probably not going to until she tells everyone to flip. She flips birds and says F off that'll be the day i'm honestly unless
2: she dies i think people are going to be like we got her fired they're going to take credit for it no matter how late into her career she retires
1: i mean that's 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 what the sith do so i could definitely see that but it was uh you know star wars you do you're ruining star wars blah, blah 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 and then the mandalorian starts and then you know fast forward to where we're at in book of boba fett Right now, with where we're at in Book of Boba Fett, it still feels like it's it's it it could go either way, it's still in the balance. Still, the future is yet to be determined, and the internet is yet to be determined. Uh, everyone seems to love Mandalorian, a lot of people don't seem to enjoy Book of Boba Fett so far. But when Kenobi comes out and all these other shows, what I, I think that we're getting to a point in the Star Wars shows that what we've seen with Marvel now hitting their stride with Hawkeye. We are only on our second live-action Star Wars show. And they've been doing it longer than Marvel.
2: Because this one, the live-action shows, like, we got two seasons of Mandalorian before we got any Marvel live-action shows in Disney+. And now we have four Marvel, and we're only on our second Star Wars, although the third season of Star Wars content overall. So that's Mm -hmm. crazy to think about. I'm like, wow, like, Star Wars fans in 2021 was like Marvel fans in 2020 almost. Although at least you guys had Bad Batch and... Mm -hmm. I think something else. Was there something else?
1: Visions. Star visions. Wars
2: visions. That was last year. Yes. And, so you had a couple and, things.
1: <sighs> and Lego specials.
2: Oh, yeah, the Lego special. I like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love the Lego. Legos. The Lego it's holiday special is crazy. They put out canon. the
2: Lego Star Wars holiday special, but they won't put out the Star Wars holiday special. And like, it clearly exists to reference it, but it's like, oh no, we're not going to put that out.
1: I don't know if they own the rights to that. They probably oh, okay. do, and they just sort of are okay. like, let's let's save okay. this for a rainy day thing. Uh, I I mean, I would love a second live action holiday special. I say that having never seen the first live action holiday special because I was not alive, and it's hard to find those these days. Uh, I think it's around on the I internet. Want.
2: Yeah,
1: it's around there, but it's I from what I've been told, it's like a VHS tape.
2: Yeah, by, I know B. I like, Arthur sings in it. That's one of the main things I know about it. She has like a song "Jesus Bartender." <laughs>
1: I love B So I want to
2: see it just for that.
1: If only. B she Arthur sang thank you from the Golden for being Girls, by
2: the way, everybody. She plays um, uh, Dorothy on the Golden Girls. If you know that show, that's who B Arthur is. For those who don't know,
1: <laughs> she should have sang thank you for being a friend. But in hut <laughs> huties, oh no! I just put an idea in my head. Um, yeah, I I think, I I was, think... I think
2: she was on that pre Golden Girls too. Star Wars Holiday mm, Special. The,
1: yes, before the second movie. I believe. And then Golden the Girls. Golden was the 80s. Girls... golden girl started
2: in 85 i think and then
1: that sounds right yeah
2: yeah hang on i'm gonna search when star wars holiday special came out i think it came out like 79 80 okay
1: 1978
2: 1978.
1: oh it was the year the
2: year after new hope they did a they did a holiday special (laughs) it's like forget a sequel we're not doing that yet but we're gonna do a holiday special
1: it, the book of Boba Fett actually just referenced that a couple weeks back when he said that uh, he rode, uh, you know, oh, you want to ride a rancor? He's like, I've ridden beast ten, a uh, hundred times this size. And he rides a dinosaur in an animated sequence in the holiday special. Like that's his oh. introduction, wearing the same exact Mandalorian armor that the Mandalorian wears in the first three episodes mm. of the Mandalorian. Mm.
2: That's interesting.
1: Fun fact. So, yeah.
2: um, That's a lot of holiday special talk. I'm sorry. It just fascinates me <laughs> that it exists. And it's, like, it's just ridiculously silly. And I'm sure if it were to come out now, people would, like... If people are saying other things through the sanctity of Star Wars. I don't know. The holiday special I heard is pretty bad. Um, I don't know. Maybe so I've, bad it's good.
1: I've heard that as well. And that's... You know, I'm glad you said silly. Because silly is, like, my second favorite part of Star Wars. Uh, Because... Yeah! a lot That's of- what it's about. Like, when humans interact... You know, the whole... Aren't you a little short to be a stormtrooper? That's a silly little line,
2: mm-hmm. right?
1: Like that's a silly little joke. It's like, haha. Wait, the stormtroopers have to be like a specific height range. Is that is that how things work? And then you know, it, there's the oh, you think you can't. Oh, you think that smells bad? You should smell you jokes like that. You know, going back and forth and the jokes between C three PO and R two. Like it's yeah. There's always be- been
2: jokes. I don't know why. I mean. I get why people didn't like Jar Jar. Cause that was like a whole nother level, but like, mm. it's always been silly.
1: It, very much so. And you know, the, I will say there's like one stuff, the, the one thing that's silly that I just dislike uh, in some Star Wars stuff is really the droid sequence in the droid factory with C-3PO and R2-D2 and Attack of the Clones.
2: Oh yeah. I
1: just feel like it's, so not necessary <laughs> i mean because th- we get c-3po i will say we get c-3po going die a die jedi scum oh dear! what did i just say it's that is that's a great pop i will give it that but it's like oh man let me just watch a bunch of jedi fight like <laughs> droids and late <laughs> with laser swords please yeah um and you know what, what would be the silly the silliest thing that i've seen that i thought is the latest episode of book of boba fett uh time of recording he was chasing around that little rat catcher droid and he's like i'm boba fett and he's just, <laughs> and powers himself off i died i laughed for so long i had to rewind it because i missed what they said next
2: yeah this is we ju- we're recording this between the fourth and fifth i believe episodes of boba fett
1: Yes, that is correct. Yeah,
2: so if all goes planned, there'll they'll be the little be up next week. So the fifth one will have aired. At worst, it'll be like the fifth and the sixth. But yeah, so you know, if you watch Book of Boba Fett, you know what we're talking about. So you'll know, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, so any other thoughts on like the Star Wars community, I guess? Um, and you can take that any way you want.
1: Yeah, uh, the Star Wars community is overwhelmingly, I still think, yeah, I say it's like 50-50, but I think, you know, the people who yell the loudest are going to be the ones who are upset and they're usually still the smallest majority, uh, majority minority, minority, excuse me, uh, and the the bulk of us just love Star Wars and are willing to debate the things we don't like about Star Wars and to like learn other people's perspectives because that's what... You know, it's all meant to do. That's what shared community is about, to share ideas, thoughts, opinions, and learn from other people. Um, and I've followed a bunch of people on Twitter just because they're Star Wars fans. Uh, I've met people just because they're Star Wars fans and have, um, like, listened to another podcast, uh, a Star Wars podcast that I listened to. And then I'm like, oh, you have a podcast. Well, I have a podcast. And we've guested on each other's podcast, all because... We love Star Wars. So Star Wars sure can tear families apart, looking at you, Anakin, but it can also bring us all together because really Star Wars is about a found family narrative. And that's what the community I think right now is heading towards is just being a entire world of a found family.
2: That's great. And I think that's the perfect place to end this episode on. So, thank you for joining us on our very first episode of Cosmic Cafe here at the Cosmic Circus. We're really happy you joined us today. Um, oh. And yeah, this is great. Um, yeah, so lots of good talk about Star Wars.
1: Yes.
0: Thank you once again to Thomas Carter Rochester for coming and hanging out with us here on the very first episode of The Cosmic Cafe here on thecosmiccircus.com. For more podcast content from The Cosmic Circus, be sure to check out our Cosmic Circus podcast where we have our writers and contributors coming on to talk about pretty much all things Marvel. Um, Sometimes we can talk about other stuff, but yeah, it's a very Marvel-heavy podcast. So if you're into that, check that out. And other than that, we will hopefully see you next week for the next episode of The Cosmic Cafe.